What's up, sports fans? Welcome to another edition of the DC Sports Huddle. It is uh, brought to you by MGM National Harbor. It's time to change the game at Bet MGM Sports. I am Rob Woodfork, and as usual, alongside George Wallace and Dave Preston. And I mean, lo and behold, folks, uh, Washington is six and five. They are uh, right in the mix for a wild card berth in the NFC, just a half game out of that last. Uh, playoff spots as of uh, now, and uh, I I didn't think we'd be here. I mean, I picked them to win seven games <laughs> before the season. That's starting to look really wrong. And um, going into this game against the Atlanta Falcons, uh, they are six and five. As I mentioned, uh, the Falcons are right behind them in the standings of five and six. So this is a game that is, for all intents and purposes, it's going to be uh, one for tiebreakers uh, if these two teams are still in the mix. Uh, come toward the end of the season. So uh, I ask you, George Wallace, who is as close to this team as anyone, uh, do you think this is a playoff team and do they need to beat the Falcons in order to make the playoffs? Yeah, to, 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 to make the playoffs, yes, you need to beat the Falcons because the schedule gets tougher after that. Two Giants games, a Cowboys games, a Niners game, uh, and then the Browns sprinkled in there. But you're going to face some teams that are playoff contenders where you look at the other teams that you're up against right now, Giants and Seahawks, I think kind of right. Yeah. Seahawks. Uh, so I don't, you know, the, the Giants, I think have kind of the same schedule toughness. Seahawks do not. So I think, and especially coming home and riding the momentum that you are, and if you get Chase Young back and you're playing a Falcons team that, you know, barely beat a bears team, which is pretty bad. And they're game behind you in the standings and, you know, losing guys left and right to injury. Yes, you have to beat the Falcons if you expect to be a playoff team uh, this weekend. Do I think they're a playoff team? Look, before the year, I said they could win 10 games. I did um, and and thought maybe just on the edge of the playoffs. And I think that's kind of where they are right now. I mean, I don't know how much of a run you make. I still think Heineken, look, the offense didn't look great the other day at all. Luckily, it was Houston. It was a terrible Houston team. So the offense plays like that this week, they're not going to win. And I think they understand that. Um, so, uh, you know, I still think the Heineke factor is, you know, hit or miss right now. I think the defense is playing lights out. And if you get Chase Young back, it's going to, that's going to help. I don't think it's going to disrupt it at all. So I still think that Heineke is the key factor here, but you know, I think they are right now, like on the edge, you know, you get a couple of breaks, go their way, maybe kind of sneak in there, but I think it's going to be tough because all three teams ahead of the NFC East are in playoff contention right now too. So it's, it's going to be a really, really fight to the finish with some key games coming up against playoff contending teams. And that's one of the sneaky parts of this whole thing is, yeah, it's easy to look at them as they're six and five. Yay. They're like half game out of the playoff spot, but they're still a last place team, Dave Preston. So they still have to leapfrog at least one other team in their division and fortunately, I think the team that they can leapfrog the easiest, uh, you know, quote unquote easiest would be the Giants because you yeah. play them twice and they are, I mean, they, they, they don't look like any great shakes after that loss to the Lions. Well, I, I think that their start, no team is as good as your record and no team is as bad as your record when you're bad. And I thought that, yes, they got off to a great start. They beat Green Bay in London, a game they had no business winning. Then they came back and beat the Ravens when nobody else was winning or at least covering the spread after being in London and coming back. That was a, that, that was a, a system that I had to no end. And it's not gambling if you have a system. But so they, they so they they had played over their heads. They won a couple of games they should have lost. 
Now they're getting to the point where maybe they're going to lose some games that they should win. And I think Washington has an excellent chance to beat them in back-to-back games over a three-week span. I think you look, uh, it's the first year of a coaching regime. So even though they're playing over their heads, much like Washington did in the first year of Ron Rivera, there's still a ceiling. There's still, he still doesn't have all of his guys that he wants in there at this point in time. And I think it's year three of Ron Rivera. He's got the foundation. Is it a great foundation? No, the offense isn't that great and really pedestrian. And you know what? They were fortunate to play a very bad Houston team this past Sunday. But you know what? The character of this team really spoke out to me because if there was a game that you would sleepwalk through and absolutely vomit all of yourself, it would be this game against Houston, playing a last place team after beating Philadelphia, unbeaten team on the road, a rival. You're going on the road on Monday night, and then you're going on the road six days later. So it's like you're losing two extra days, basically. And the fact that the defense basically handcuffed, yes, the Houston Texans aren't a great offensive team, but the defense just handcuffed them. The pass rush got all over it. Four of their five sacks came on third down. When you needed the heat to be brought and to end drives and to force punts, that's what they did. And I'm excited. I don't know how many plays Chase Young is going to get in this Sunday if he does play against the Falcons or what he will do in future weeks. But 29 sacks by this defensive line and uh, and, and defensive core, 11th best in the league. And that is last year, the defensive line, I think, underperformed and that exposed a subpar secondary. But this year, the secondary is answering the challenge. Cameron Curl is having a fantastic season. He made a lot of key stops on third down in the first half, along with those sacks that really helped make this a no contest going into the fourth quarter. And real quick, yeah. 12, he's going to get 12 to 16. Rivera said yesterday of Chase. Okay. Okay. All so right. it's a pitch so, count. So, so, yeah. so, yeah. So he's, he's on a pitch count for all intents yeah. and purposes. He's going to be a situational pass rusher, which is the only way uh, you bring him back. If you bring him back, I think I'm on record as saying, I don't think you should bring him back this year, given uh, the investment in him, but that's uh, that's a topic for another day. The topic today, though, is do the Fal- do the Commanders beat the Falcons? I think Washington does win. The Falcons are not particularly great at anything except for running the ball. They're third in the league in terms of uh, 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 average rushing yards per game. Uh, I think Washington is uniquely suited with those two big tackles, the Alabama boys in the middle. To, uh, to put a stop to that or at least limit that. So I'm going to go ahead and say Washington wins 27 to 17, uh, assuming that uh, Taylor Heineke, to uh, borrow Dave Preston's rather uh, graphic phrase, does not vomit all over himself at FedEx Field. Uh, George Wallace, who you hey, got in the game? Not sewage, yeah. not sewage. <laughs> not sewage. Yeah, you know, look, I think, uh, you know, in the second I buy into what they're doing, they're going to do what Dave said they're going to do. Uh, but I think, uh, yeah, I do think they win. I think they, you know, continue to play some good football. I mean, this is, you know, as, as, uh, as Ron Rivera said yesterday about Taylor Heineke playing with like his hair on fire, you know, he, the dude's crazy basically said, and he's just out there slinging it around. Now, look though, it's not, it's one or two bad passes away from, you know, we've, we've seen it. They, they've been fortunate in games. Okay. Look, let's be honest. Uh, you know, the Colts game was just ugly he Threw the ball up to Terry McLaurin. And that's what you have to do when you're all pro wide receiver and went up and went, went to get it. But they, you know, against a competent team, they don't win that game. You lost a 10 point lead against Minnesota. The other day, the offense didn't look great. Defense shut them out in the first half, but gave up stuff they weren't happy with in the second half. So I still think that they are, you know, basically on the edge of going either way here. And I think that, you know, they do come out though and play a pretty good game Sunday. 
against the Falcons, maybe get to seven and five. And then you set up an interesting December and you see what happens. But uh, they have to play. And, and I, the reason I think they're going to do it is I think that the attitude of the mentality they're playing with right now is kind of the way that, you know, remember a couple of weeks ago, I was saying you're going to find out a lot at the Eagles game, which way they're going to go with the off field stuff, the Dan Snyder stuff. Do they even care? And then I heard the locker room that week. The music was loud. These guys just playing football. They're just having fun. And I think that is the, the, the approach that they are taking. And when you do that, you just go out and you play. You don't think about things. You don't try to outthink yourself. The coaches don't out try to outthink yourself, outcoach yourself. Then you get good results. And I think that will happen on Sunday. I'm going to give them a win on Sunday as well. I, I'll, go 24, I'll go 24-17. They win by a touchdown. Ooh. All right. All right. Dave Preston? 26-15 because uh, the Falcons go for two. To, to make it 15. I think that uh, it's, it, it, this is a game <laughs> that, be different. Hey, what uh, the Falcons are not a good team on the defensive side of the ball. We might see things really open up for uh, Washington offensively. Uh, as far as when you think about what uh, this is not an offensively explosive team with Taylor Heineke at the controls. This team is at its best when they're pounding the football uh, you know, Atlanta's, I think, 21st in the league at stopping the run. They're not good at getting off the field on third down, third worst in the league, uh, third worst in the league in total yards. And they've won a couple games just by fluke. The uh, game against Chicago was sparked by a, a kickoff return. The the game, one of the games against Carolina was because DJ Moore, Maryland Terrapin uh, product, took off his helmet and was given a personal foul penalty. So, I, I, I'm confident in Washington settling in, and then they've got a great month ahead of them. They, they've, all you want in December is to be in position to be in position. Seven and five, it would gives them the tiebreaker against the Falcons, and I think that this team has an excellent shot of making the playoffs despite themselves. Yeah, and I'm going to go ahead and say that, uh, that, you know, on top of beating the Falcons, I think that they sweep the Giants, and that's wow. going to be what gets wow. them. I think that's going to be what gets them into the playoffs. Uh, after it's all said and done, but we'll be See, talking about that. I had the them. I, I, I had them winning the first game and then tying the second one coming off the bye. Of course you did. Doesn't uh, my <laughs> six, eight and three pick look foolish now. Oh, Wait, do so you boy. think they're going to sweep the uh, giants? Yeah. Because, I think they split. Uh, yeah. Because you go, uh, first of all, they've got more momentum going into that first game. You get the bye week. Uh, I believe the the second game's at home, isn't it? I always uh, get this mixed up. In first my one is up there. Yes. December. Yeah. Yeah. So the second one's at home. We still yeah. don't know if it's Saturday or Sunday right. that weekend. Right. I think so, they I need mean, to so, beat. So, I, I think they go into week 18 needing to beat Dallas to secure a playoff spot. Agreed. When all is said and, and done. And, and the result of that game is going to depend on where Dallas is. If Dallas still right. has a yeah. shot at the NFC East, then they're going to have something to play for. If they go in Correct. with a, a playoff spot already locked up, then you know you you probably see uh, Cooper Rush and some of the backups in right. the game. Uh, real quick, guys, uh, it's the holiday season, and so uh, I think this is one of the very rare years in which we all agree on what we're thankful for this year, and it has to be the fact that Washington this time next year is going to have a new NFL owner. Uh, I think that's at the top of everybody's list. And here's something that's not toward the top of the list of people that you think might be in line to purchase the team. Nobody's talked about Ted Leonsis. This is a guy whose name has come up. Uh, so there's been some whispers, some rumblings that he's starting to pivot off that pursuit of the nationals to make a run at the commanders. Now I will say this. I don't think he has the cash or the cachet to make that sort of 
uh, play for an NFL team. Uh, right. He hasn't done anything particularly great. I mean, he owns the Wizards. He owns the Wizards. Uh, he owns the Wizards. He owns the Mystics. He owns the Capitals. And uh, yeah, they had the Stanley Cup a few years ago, but uh, I don't think he stands out in any way that's going to have NFL owners sort of uh, clamoring to welcome him into their ranks. And his net worth doesn't even touch $2 billion, and this team is going to go for about $7 billion. So he would need a ton of help to make that right. happen. George Wallace, uh, what are you thinking? I, I don't think, I, you know, look, I think it's Jeff Bezos' team to lose. And, you know, if, Jeff doesn't, yep. if Bezos doesn't want it, that's fine. But a guy that can write a $7 billion check today and then another $2 billion check for a stadium, I mean, in the NFL, that's what you want. And I think fans would love that too. But, I mean, look, fans would love Ted Leonsis also. But I still think he stays on the baseball side. Um and, you know, from what everybody is kind of saying and hearing that it could be done sooner than later with the baseball, because look, you're getting into the winter meetings, you're getting into the, the before spring training here. You want to have that done. I understand the Masson deal is still out there, but I think they want to have that done before spring training uh, so they can, you know, take ownership of it. So I, I think that's where he's going there. And look, if Bezos opts out, then everything's on the table. But I think Ted sticks with baseball at this point. Yeah, I mean, that that certainly makes the most sense. Mm -hmm. And uh, real quick, before you run to your sportscast, George, I'm going to say this. The next owner of the Washington Commanders, their first order of business, obviously, is to get a new stadium. But the thing that nobody's talking about is this team has a training facility that is a throwback to the 1960s and 70s. That thing yeah, should be down. a museum for the Burgundy and Gold mm. and not an actual training facility. So that whoever takes over this team has to have the financial latitude to basically start over in terms yep. of the infrastructure right. of this franchise, Dave Preston. And, and be proactive. And I think when you look at what uh, the Burgundy and Gold have done under current ownership, a lot of it is reacting to different things. Uh, Pennywise, pound foolish, uh, charging yeah. fans to attend a workout. And then all of a sudden other scouts can uh, see the, the uh, workout when they initially announced that their, you know, their, the wheels of justice might be in motion for a sale. I did think of Ted Leonsis for a second, and then I heard the number, <laughs> and I said, <laughs> "Okay, me, I, I, I think with what he has built with Monumental and what he's built with the Caps and, and the Wizards, his stewardship of those two teams, plus the Mystics and the Go Go, I think he is more of a sole proprietor. Even though he does mm -hmm. have partners, he is the front man. I think." If he were to be involved in the commanders, he would not be the front man. And it's uh, I, my, I think John Feinstein of the Post had a quote from Steve uh, Bashotti years ago when he was rumored to be a minority partner of the Ravens. It's like, why would I want to cut uh, you know, a, a two million dollar check so I can have a better parking spot? And I don't <laughs> think, you know, and Ted likes to present and likes to be a steward of the team as opposed to being just one of the glad handlers who's hanging around. So I think, again, I think it's Bezos's team to uh, lose uh, as George has put in, as I think uh, a lot of people have figured out in, in the area. Right. And I, I think it would be an upset at this point, yeah. uh, given the fact that, I mean, everybody kind of connected the dots when he moved the Amazon, uh, that second headquarters here and, uh, and, and started to plant some roots in this area. And again, I mean, there's very, very few people on this planet who can no sweat stroke a check for $7 billion and still have enough left over to kick into a stadium and still have enough left over to, you build you a state-of-the-art training facility. So I, yeah, and uh, I think I, I think you're spot on with the facility because that will attract better free agents too. There's a reason why. That was my next it's point, not yes. just because this 
franchise can resemble a clown show from time to time. It's not because you got Jim Zorn saying maroon and black. It's the guys visit. They take them out to Morton's and Reston. They have the shrimp Alexander and the New York strip. They they're winding down. like, I like this place. I like these owners. I like this coach. Then they see the facility the next day. And it's just like, Oh my gosh, what, what, where's, where's, where's the real one? And they're like, no, this is, this is literally their parents could have uh, played in facilities like that. If I can do an audible at the line of scrimmage, college basketball is red hot in the D.C. metro area of Virginia. The men are fifth this week. Maryland is 23rd. Uh, Maryland double-digit victories the entire way. Uh, Kevin Euler has not playing really well. The Maryland women with a big win at uh, nationally ranked Baylor on Sunday. So their demise was highly exaggerated. Is there now a top 15 club? Love me some college hoops. And also, I mean, just with Virginia, everything that they've been dealing with the last couple of weeks for them to make the biggest jump in the AP top 25 poll of which you are a voter, my friend, Yes. uh, to see them jump up nine spots to fifth. It's uh, their highest ranking, what, in about five years or so. Yeah. And it's uh, since their national championship season. And it's not a sympathy vote. They they earned that. They beat back to back ranked foes. You'll see this a lot in November and December where some schools they'll play. East Ham sandwich in Northwestern, Southwestern state. And I don't know how they, I don't know how that's a school, but, and then, and then you'll have a school like Virginia who I think beat uh, Illinois and UCLA in back-to-back games. So uh, it's uh, it's the season is starting to percolate. I'm looking forward to uh, the big 10 opener for Maryland is in December. They take on a very good Illinois team. So we're going to find out a lot about this Maryland team over the next month or so. Absolutely. And uh, we thank you for uh, sticking around for what Dave had to say right there, because it's important, man. The uh, D.C. Sports Huddle is uh, sponsored by MGM National Harbor. It's time to change the game at Bet MGM Sports. I am Rob Woodfork signing off. That is Dave Preston and uh, George Wallace off doing a sports cast. And uh, I mean, it's OK that he's not here because you and I are the only ones who break the huddle. True.